Good morning and welcome to uh, Unlocked Women's Conference 2022. I'll, I'll do that again. Good morning and welcome to Unlocked. All right. All right. Who's ready for a Holy Ghost packed and filled service today? All right. Now, um, I think who, those of you who've been with us knowing that the schedule, um, we um, resume, uh, we end uh, at 4 o'clock today. But before we end today, who can remember uh, the homework assignment that I gave at the beginning? Okay. Anyone else want to add to that? Okay. So. Okay. Well, I'm going to clarify and also repeat for those of you who were not here, right? And if you can, I need everyone to um, speak less right now so you can hear because this assignment is very important to unlocking you. Okay? So with that being said, I'm going to uh, give you an example of why I'm doing this and why I feel that this is so important and why I know the Holy Spirit gave me, um, released me to do this with you. Um, when I was very, very, very young, my mother who is a beast in everything. <laughs> I mean, I have never in my life seen someone who can take care of a home, who raise children and work outside of the, um, the home as well. But because I was always on the opposite end of that where she was training me up to be just like her, because that's what we do as mothers, right? We want to omit the bad and um, pour into our children everything that is good. But guess what? Just like when the wheat and the tear grows together, th that, that's the bad as well. You just have to, it has to be sifted, right? And beaten on the threshing floor. So, which is life, <laughs> right? So with that being said, I remember watching my mother and because she wouldn't leave me alone when I wanted to watch cartoons, you know, I had to be there doing the chores as well because I was the oldest. And I remember saying, I will never do what you're doing. I will never work in, as hard as you work inside the home. I will not dedicate my life to being a housewife and a mother. I'm going to work outside the home because I don't want to be stuck in here doing this all day, every day. I remember saying that. What do you think happened? I am 53, have never been married, not a good home uh, person. I will pay somebody to clean my house <laughs> in a heartbeat. And I am career driven, right? So with that being said, when I decided we had a tragedy happen in the family and that person, that career driven, non-committed <laughs> relationship person 
had to become everything she said she didn't want to be because my sister was killed in an um, accident at age 24 and left behind her five-year-old daughter, which then I became a mother. So that was, I mean, really physically painful, switching my mind to being something that I didn't want to be. I had to comb hair and fix lunches and get be on time with getting multiple things done. And I just, it was, it was a very hard transition for me. And I didn't understand why it still hurt with the pains. She's 24 now, and I didn't understand why even thinking about it was still painful because it was a chore, it was, a, it was he heavy. It, I wore that heavily. And the reason why God revealed to me recently, because I didn't denounce it. I, I received what I said. I joined with what I said. I came in agreement with it. And how many of you know that there are a lot of things that we have said against ourselves that we've come in agreement with and a lot of things that other people have said that we've come in agreement with that we have to denounce. So before we leave today, that's why I asked you, I'll write it down. We have to denounce some things that we've come in agreement with. And at the end of our morning service um, with Miss Mary, we're going um, right after... Um, we start the other half, we're gonna do that little task real quick, okay? Where you're gonna come to the altar and we're gonna denounce. But bef um, So moving forward, because I was just talking too much, I do apologize. Um, I'm gonna introduce our prayer person, or am I going into Miss Mary? Okay, Miss Phyllis, um, we'll add you another time. I'm sorry I stole your time. Okay, Miss Phyllis, I'm gonna introduce one of our prayer um, warriors in the church. Miss Phyllis Lofton, come to the stage. Thank you. And I'm sorry I spoke over no, your time. No, you're okay. fine. You're fine. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Amen. It's such a blessing, amen, to be in a conference, amen, with ladies coming to glean from the Lord. Because when we come, we come to glean from an audience. We come in the audience of one. We're coming into his presence to see what he has to say. He used vessels to get that message over to us, but it's a one-on-one -on -one encounter. And that's what we receive from the Lord today. And I just want to mention a few things about prayer. And, you know, the Bible speaks of foundation. We have to have a sure foundation, which is Jesus Christ. You know, but one of the anchors to that foundation is prayer. Because in Psalms, it talks about being like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And with that tree, the root goes deep. And the roots not only go deep, they spread wide. So when you all tangled up, that is the song you say, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. When you get a prayer life that he's number one, that's when your life comes together. When you get a prayer life that, oh, I got to see what he say about this. Oh, I got to get his direction. Oh, I got to know what he wants me to know, hear what he wants me to hear. Then you headed for success. And, you know, as the Bible says, you know, seek him first. He gave us the tool for success. Seek him first. 
God bless. Amen. Hallelujah. Glad to see y'all this morning. Um, I'm going to be teaching this morning on getting a grip on frustration. I was sitting over there trying to cut some of the words, so bear with me this morning because I'm going to be jumping hurdles. Okay? Um, we all suffer with frustration. There's road rage and fights and vandalism. We can go on and on about what people do when they get annoyed. It seems like the more people are lashing out, so let's face it, we get frustrated from time to time. We see people flying off the handle at a drop of a hat. Is it the economy? Is it bad drivers? Is it the recent news in our government? Sometimes we're all living in an angry society. Everything you do causes a ripple effect, so we need to be the best person we can so that we don't get frustrated. So how do we get a grip on our frustration? Frustration is knowing what you want to do, even what you must do, but then finding yourself, no matter how you do it, you can't attack it. But the truth is, if we really trusted the Lord and believed God, we would never get frustrated because we would know that whatever is happening at the moment, God is in complete control and there's no surprise to him. And we can trust in that, in his, in, his, in his knowing. And God knows everything and is working things out regardless of what we see. Some things we've seen at the moment are very crucial. But we can stop struggling with things and rest in knowing that God has things under control. Sometimes we try to fix it ourselves and we tell people. But what I always say is when you tell them, you're hitting them in the head. But if you go to prayer and talk to God about it, God deals with the heart of man, and then change can come. When we get frustrated, it's an indicator to regroup for that moment. Then recognize that you are frustrated. Then confess that you are to God and just believe the scriptures that says acknowledge him, and he will direct my path. If we look at the frustration of Philip, he was trying to feed the 5,000. And God said to him, this is your neighborhood. We don't have enough money, he said, to feed all these people. And he began to have very much frustration with Jesus. Sometimes our plans to be frustrated because it's simply not in his time or in God's will at the moment. Philip had wondered, God, why are you picking on me? Why did he ask Peter to do that? Why did you ask James? Why are you singling me out? <clears throat> do you ever feel that way? Amidst the challenges of everything that we feel and in frustration in our life, there's a tendency to pass the buck. Why, Lord? Why are you asking me to do these things? Why not ask somebody else? Philip's frustration not only was by his situation, but he was looking at the figures. Lord, I added up the account, and I realized we don't have enough money to feed all but 13 people, he said. And he was frustrated by the figures, he said, because he was looking at his resources rather than God's resources. And we do that every time we go to the gas station now, huh? And we try to fill up the car. We're looking at the figures and not at the Father. <laughs> Amen. Okay, 
So this is the confidence that we have in Christ. While we are sweating it out, God's keeping it cool. He's standing there just talking to the Father about it and saying, thanks, Father, for what you're going to do and how you're going to multiply and how we're going to get through this situation. Amen? Okay, let me jump on a little further. Is it wrong to be frustrated and question God? The answer is yes. Sometimes in our focus, in our impatience and dissatisfaction, we become frustrated with him. God could easily handle this problem, and why doesn't he? God knows I have a need. Where is he? There are a few Christians who have not been frustrated at the Lord at one reason or another. Just look at Martha's example, getting frustrated with Jesus because Martha was wanting Mary's help in the kitchen, and she got frustrated with the Lord. He's, she said, you are helping her to be lazy by letting her sit there and talk to you. He said, Mary, Mary, I mean, I'm sorry, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about so many things when he took the opportunity to teach a lesson for her to be still and to know God. God is in the midst of our frustration, and he's there to help you in every way. He said, cast your anxiety and your impatience upon me, all of your frustrations, all of your nervousness, all of your worries, all of your concerns, all of your apprehensions, all of your uneasiness and your sleeplessness, your hesitations, your dread. Cast them all on me because I care about you. Jesus knows what you're going through and what concerns you. If we look to the life of Samuel's life, he become very frustrated because he had a sense of rejection. He had gone to the people and he preached to them. He taught them. He was there for years and years and years, a prophet of God speaking to the people. And one day, the, he was getting older, and the people said, Samuel, we no longer need you as a prophet. We don't need to hear from God, and then you tell us what to do. We have decided now we want a king, and that spelled frustration to Samuel. Samuel said, you don't need a king. We have a heavenly king. We don't need an earthly king. But the people said, I want a king. Well, Samuel took that personally, but he did go before God in prayer, and that's what we should do. He brought his frustration to God. He said, what do I do? These people want a king. He said, Samuel, sit back and take it easy. They are not rejecting you. Please don't take it personally. They are rejecting me. So he said to Samuel, just sit back and let them have their way. And sometimes that's hard for us to do is just to release it and let God be God and take care of the situation. We want to fix it. We gasp. They're doing it all wrong. They're going the wrong way. Look at Samuel telling the, the people and telling God, Oh, God, this is going to be horrible. He said, Well, tell them the horror. Tell them how bad it's going to be. And if they don't accept it, you just have to walk away and let God deal with it. And you know what? God's going to deal with it. And he's going to turn it around. He's going to give them sleepless nights. He's going to go by his spirit and deal with their spirit. He's going to give them dreams and visions. He's going to get them so frustrated they don't want to turn back to God. And that's what the people of Israel did. They got themselves in a pickle to where they had to turn back to God. Amen. Because they rejected God. 
God was God's answer to him. So I'm telling you this morning, when you are troubled, when you are knotted up inside, you're feeling displeasure like Samuel was feeling, like Philip was feeling on the everyday cares of life. What do you do? You turn to prayer, and it leads to a better way. There are two men standing in the place, one frustrated, the other one at a rest in peace. One was hot and bothered, and the other one was cool. One was confidence, and one was in indifference. We look at Peter. He was looking at the figures. We look at Jesus. He was looking to the Father, and he made a choice. He lifted up his eyes, and he gave thanks to the Father. So, too, regarding your dilemma, your frustration, your fear, do what Jesus did. Lift up your eyes to heaven and say, thank you, Father, that you are going to take care of this situation. And I know you will. I know you're faithful. You, are ev- you will never let me down thus far. And you will do exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ever ask or I could ever think could come out of this situation. So the load that you're under, Lord, you were there for me. When I was under, you pulled me up. When I thought I was out of it, you brought me through. So I want to say right here and right now, in the midst of my frustration, I thank you, God, right now at this moment of frustration, that you are going to be there for me, and you're going to help me, and you're going to guide me, and you're going to show me, and you're going to make everything for my good in your glory. Amen? Um, let's see. I have a, a word. Hold on. It says, do not waste your Do not waste your time and your life worrying. Have faith in me. And take the necessary steps to move forward with your life in a constructive way. This may require a change in your mindsets, in your attitude. But it will be well worth the effort that you put forth to do so. You can change what you can and trust me for the rest. Bring all of your frustrations to me. Otherwise, you will take them out on others. How often we do that when we get ourselves in a, um, a tizzy. We'll have a sharp answer to someone, which could ultimately ruin reputations and relationships. Be mindful of how you treat everyone, even when you do not intend to be unpleasant. Be aware of your attitudes and let my love flow through you like a river that will refresh, that will refresh those that are around you. I want you to see as I see. I want you to believe as I believe. I want you to walk in purity. And I will open the doors for you to be changed moment by moment into my image. All I have for you, all you have to do is believe. And it will be possible for you. For I am the Lord of glory. And I will guide you into that which I am speaking about today. That's an adamant promise from God. That he is the Lord of glory. Let us not forget that. And that he will be with you during every times of distress. Amen? Amen. So let's just bow our heads today. Father, we're all guilty of that, God. We get frustrated so easily, God, when things are not going our way. We look at situations, and God, we just want to have fear and run and not faith. But this morning, we lay it all down at your feet. We apologize to you for our attitudes. And we say, God, today, make me better. Teach me, Lord. I accept responsibility for my actions and make me better. From now on, Lord, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to kneel there, and I'm going to pour it out on you.
And your blood is going to cleanse me. And your blood is going to fill me. And your blood is going to touch the situation because there's power in the blood of Jesus. And I stand upon the blood. And I stand upon the word. And I stand upon your faithfulness, Lord, this day. Knowing that you're going to take care of every situation no matter what because you're a good God and you work things all together for our good because we love you and we're called for your purpose. Don't let the enemy cause frustration to be a distraction in our life to get our focus off of you for your plan and your purpose for us this day. I love you, Lord. I thank you that you teach us each and every day, Lord. I'm thankful for this conference. I'm thankful for the words that have been spoken into our life this day, God. And God, we take pleasure in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you, Miss Mary and Miss Phyllis. So now is one of my favorite parts of the conference. Our door prizes. Now, if you weren't here yesterday, I stated, and I'm going to repeat. Raise your hands. Look at your hands. Everything that my hand touches has favor. My hands are fruitful. They will sow good fruit. They will bear good fruit. Everywhere my feet touch is my territory. It will sow good fruit and it will bear good fruit. I will get it harvest and my Father in heaven will supply all my needs according to his riches. In what? And glory, Christ Jesus. Amen. I have favor on my fingers, so I'm going to tell you now. Everybody I pull out of this bucket will have favor. Double? Girl, that's my sister right there. Double favor. I receive it. I receive it. All right. Courtney G. I like that name. That sounds like a rapper's name. Courtney Courtney G. Okay. How's Connie? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. I don't know if I'm saying, I'll, is that arm? Rock arm? Rock? Rock. Rock. R-O-C. R-O-C-K-A-M. Rock on Sock on I'm sorry. Yeah. Pick another. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Shirley H. Shirley H. All right. Linda B. Linda 
Oh, all of these. Now, this is a prime example. They need you need the favor. What does God do when you don't answer the call that He places on your life? What do you do? I'm just saying. again look at this Connie again she had her name pulled last night
start while you're sitting here for these 10 minutes. I'm going to repeat what I uh, what the Holy Spirit asked me to ask you to do. Anything that you have come in agreement with, that you have noticed, whether it was what you said or what someone spoke to you, that you have come in agreement with. Because we're going to denounce that. We're going to repent. We're going to denounce it. And you're going to speak the opposite and positive affirmations on your life from here on. So if you struggle, and this is also an identifier for you, this will also help you identify whether or not you have spoken negative words over your life. What is your first thought when something happens? What is your first thought? Do you choose to think positively what God says and the way God says for you to think? Or do you tend to go to the negative side? If you can identify that in your life, you can ultimately change your mind and then ultimately change your words and then ultimately change your life. Because if you, you who is guaranteed to be with you for the rest of your life, don't speak life into your own life, you will never be able to have the things of God. And I had to realize that. I had to change the way I spoke. I had to change it. I had to change the way that I saw things, your perception. Our pastors teach on how we perceive things all the time. He constantly talks about your mindset, being kingdom-minded. And if you do not align your thoughts and what you think about yourself and what God says about you, You're going to constantly find yourself struggling and not having the things of God. And then you're going to question God, but it really isn't Him. It's you. So take this time, and I don't care how brutal it may be to you. You're not sharing this with anybody. This is going to be with you, between you and God, but we're going to denounce those things today. And it's up to you, though, to continue denouncing. Don't denounce it, cancel it off of your life and then pick it back up. When it says in the word, no weapon for